we're going to explore in our practice three aspects of practice that are essential in the spiritual path and integral to insight dialogue. The three aspects or bases are the meditative qualities of the mind, wisdom, and relationship. The meditative qualities of the mind cultivated here and now within this body-mind and of course cultivated relationally as well. But we're talking about those factors that were classically named by the Buddha as factors of awakening. Mindfulness, investigation of phenomena, energy, joy or rapture, tranquility, concentration, and equanimity. All qualities that are interrelated, each can be developed by giving it careful attention. And when they come into balance and are abundant, things are, without any further effort, known as they actually are. The rising and vanishing of this world is known. We'll begin with this aspect, the meditative qualities, as they may be manifesting here and now, as you sit. See for yourself. Is there mindfulness? And notice that move of looking, 
looking at your own mind. Is there mindfulness? One may notice a shift in just asking the question. And a question that helps gather that sense in a very concrete way is just ask yourself, what am I aware of right now? Just ask the question. And as the mind stands poised to answer the question, sati arises. What is that shift like into sati? What am I aware of? What am I mindful of? Don't worry about what it is. Whatever the answer is, is fine. It could be a, the thinking mind, it could be sensations, could be this voice speaking. Just asking, what am I mindful of? And is there a shift? And what is that a shift to? What is the experience of being mindful? Have a look right now. This is the enlightenment factor or the factor of awakening of sati, of mindfulness. without any need to take turns because you're just in this unfolding moment. When the bell rings, you and your meditation partner are invited to be asking this question, what am I aware of right now? And in particular, you can speak not just this is what I'm aware of, but what's that experience in asking the question? What's the shift? What is the experience of sati now? This would be uh, something precious to not waste with the abstract, what you think about mindfulness or how you were mindful last week. Now, what am I mindful of?
what's the experience of that? What's the experience of sati now? Pause is exactly this practice. In each pause, Another question that helps one to touch the sati here and now is just where? Where is the object I'm aware of? Where is the mindfulness? Is there a where? Is there a here? Do you locate here? The here of the object? The here of the mindfulness itself. And don't worry about the answer. Just ask the question and let the mind perch on the edge of the answer. Like if you feel the body and it feels like here, notice that quality of here. What is this like? Is there mindfulness in that moment? If you notice the other, they seem there, you know, the kind of there that is here, that kind of there, that there's knowing it. Is that body there or how is it known? Is being known here? Just ask the question. Don't worry about the answer and check the mind. Observe the sati as you ask where is mindfulness. Where is the object? And if it's ever confusing or difficult, which it may not be actually, you can just notice the here of the body and what's it like when you say, where is this body? Where is here? Where is mindfulness? And one last question for now, for focusing on or discovering and investigating together sati here and now, when am I mindful? So can you locate now? Can you find it? What happens when you ask when is now or when am I aware? So you're investigating the mind that arises as you do so. Just ask the question, when is now or where is now or whatever supports you. 
ask the question and observe the mind. Is there sati? Is it happening now? And describe the experience as you do so. This next question of sati. When am I being mindful? When is now? Can you locate or touch now? The next factor of awakening in the classical sequence is investigation, investigation of phenomena as a quality that naturally arises when mindfulness is strong. And that investigative quality itself can be given attention and it can become very strong in your practice together. However, the next factor is the one we're going to touch, which is virya, energy. So as the investigation grows strong, then naturally the energy of the body-mind increases, supporting a brightness of mind, a brightness of practice. So I'd like to give you a few minutes with your meditation partner now in dialogue to explore when the sati is present, which perhaps it's present right now, you're awake or looking at awakening and pausing together. Do you notice any uh, energy shift in the body? And I'd like to, because the body can get very um, distracting with its energetic power, especially relationally, I'd like to invite you to give attention to virya in the mind, to the consistency and persistence of practice, to the brightness of awareness, the vitality, but also the body for sure. Don't leave it out, but just, you know, maybe don't go into the um, proliferation. So in each pause, Investigate as you pause what happens with virya, with energy, in the awareness, in the mind, in the body. The factor of awakening of energy. The opportunity now is to take 20 minutes of walking and you can just relax. If you want to notice energy in nature or anywhere else of the awareness, feel free, but it's also good to just relax. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. as you sit in silence now, 
you could just ask yourself, is there mindfulness present? Is the factor of mindfulness present right now? And just in examining whether mindfulness is present, you might notice that you're investigating the mind, investigating the phenomenal experience now. And there's that Dhammavichaya, that investigation. And perhaps there's also, I don't know, you could look. A noticeable aspect of energy. Aliveness, vitality, luminosity, persistence or consistency of practice. as you continue sitting here, as you continue investigating. And now I'd like to jump to the factor of concentration, samadhi, just now in silence. And ask you to ask yourself, does the mind begin to gather to rest where it is. Can you notice those signs or those manifestations of concentration of the serenity? and gatheredness. offer a few minutes of exploring if the mind remains gathered as you speak and as you listen. So you could name where the mind 
is stimulated or jumpy, but give particular attention to where it stabilizes, maybe in noticing the mindfulness itself or noticing the relational experience itself. The mind stays right there. I don't know. See for yourself. Samadhi, the factor of awakening of concentration. Serenity and gatheredness. As you touch this moment, we have these factors of awakening. Whether you name them specifically or you just contemplate the meditative qualities of the mind, and these have a certain power in and of themselves to transform the mind, to transform the life. Knowing and seeing clearly But there's also another powerful aspect of experience or aspect of the world, you might say, that has power and can transform the mind and is active within us here, and that is wisdom quality or dhamma. Even naming the meditative factors specifically is from the Buddha Dhamma. It's a framework taught by the Buddha. But so is this vast trove of wisdom teachings. And the question here is how are root wisdom teachings alive in you now? How do you value them? How do they manifest in your life? And we often will not think of ourselves as wise because it seems impossible or arrogant or we have a certain view that we're, you know, could never be wise. But let's understand that this Dhamma encompasses the totality of one's life and points towards the wholesome. And so there's much that is wholesome that even someone who doesn't know any Dhamma formal Buddhist teachings knows something deep about the power of love, the value of compassion, the value of joy, 
Something in you knows the value of diligence. Something in you knows the importance of not stealing and not killing, of sexual appropriateness, the dangers of intoxication. Something in you knows that. These were all talked about by the Buddha as well, but whether or not you give it a Buddhist framework, these are, you might say, the natural aspects of Dhamma. When there is diligence, there will be good results. Can you feel that? Do you know that? When you intoxicate yourself, harm will be done. Do you know that? That's wisdom. In action, so much so that maybe it becomes invisible for you. But also, alive and in action may be a deep understanding that things don't always work out the way you want. That's first noble truth material right there. There's some deep understanding perhaps of change, of the changingness of everything, everything, of this body, of this mind, of all conditioned things. You know that. You know that whatever your situation is at work or in your relationships or in your possessions, you know it's all subject to decay. All things are. So find the wisdom as it's alive in you now. And the suggestion is that this will be particularly powerful if you don't divorce this investigation from the meditative qualities you've been cultivating. See how they come together. How does mindfulness, investigation, concentration let you see the wisdom? Pause is the mindfulness, relax, points to the concentration. And listening deeply, you receive the transmission through language something of the other's wisdom. Let that inspire you. The power, the manifesting here in this very life, in you, of Dhamma, of wisdom, and how it's brought together with these meditative qualities, enhanced by them, even in this moment. It's a kind of a two-way street that the mindfulness, the concentration, the qualities of the refined mind 
both help you develop the wisdom, see into things, and help you see the wisdom itself right now, right in your practice now. I mean, how are you even having any idea where to look at your experience in the vastness of what's possible to see right now? Somehow, you ask, where is wisdom alive in me? Where is it alive right now? And somehow you can touch the morality or you can touch a sense of what is meditation or you can touch a sense of how you know the heart, you know the workings of care, of generosity. So see how those are working together, that the mindfulness lets you see that, that the qualities that you develop further in mindfulness and concentration actually can strengthen here and now your understanding. Just explore that space at the intersection of these meditative qualities and root wisdom, wisdom that's here now. How do they support each other? We come now to the third base of inside dialogue, the third, third aspect of this, these effective forces in our lives of relationship, of relationship itself as a powerful force. But we're not investigating how relationship is a powerful force for harm. We're investigating how relationship is a powerful force for wisdom and for meditative qualities of the mind. Here and now. The role of relationship in each moment that you speak, in each moment that you're listening, in developing the sati, the mindfulness, the concentration and investigation, the role of relationship in revealing and enriching wisdom, understanding. Now, though, all the patterns of how that unfolds in your life, like wisdom that comes up in your relationships with significant others or even teachers, right now just let that go and touch it here and now. How is this fostering wisdom, this moment of relational contact? And Whenever you need to pause, it's always a gift to your partner. It's a relational act when you're in practice together to pause. Take your time.
the arising enrichment, increase, acceleration of the meditative qualities of the mind and of understanding wisdom in the power of relationship. How does relationship contribute to that now? And extending this investigation now one more time to just go the other direction. How are the meditative qualities of the mind and the wisdom, dhamma, understanding that is present affecting relationship, the relational experience now? You can use any language you want. Some of the language that the Buddha used was metta, loving kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita, sympathetic joy, upekka, how is that relational? Why is it clustered with metta and so on? But whatever language you use, you're investigating how the quality of relatedness, of being in relationship now, is impacted by the meditative qualities. How does mindfulness change being with another? How does concentration or energy change being with this other now? How does being, dwelling, investigating, being in wisdom now affect the relationship here and now, only here and now? All three factors are operating. I'm going to now offer some pointers for this territory of relatedness and if you would perhaps listen carefully and see if any of these are present in experience now and then we'll have just a few minutes to examine them together. And don't worry about remembering them all because whatever sticks is what matters. <laughs> <laughs> 
the mindfulness itself as a shared practice, shared experience, is that present? Mutuality, bi-directional, trust, respect, and authenticity. Bi-directional, mutual trust, respect, and authenticity. What's true on the inside is true on the outside. Mutuality of intention, shared intention. You're here with a similar movement of the heart, of the mind. Metta, metta as that spaciousness of mind and the friendliness at the moment of contact. Karuna, compassion, the resonant heart with another, balanced. Mudita, the sympathetic joy. And Upeka, equanimity as you might say mutually arising, mutually enforced, mutually uh, uh, inclusive. Do you notice any of these present now? And in our last few minutes of practice, you could explore that together. See what's here and now. No need to fabricate anything. You may care to thank your meditation partner you couldn't do this practice without them. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.